So I'm here with Michael Christman of Pharma Connects, and we're going to talk about your recent funding round that you've done and an introduction to the business and where you started from, the challenges that you've had, the, the problems that you're solving, and, and what the technology is doing for both coffee and cocoa farmers. Welcome, Michael. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you for the invitation. Sounds interesting and like a, a very kind of meaty uh List of topics to discuss. I always get very ambitious with my topics. I don't know if we'll manage to cover them all, but but uh, let's kick it off. We'll, we'll we'll go through everything. Fantastic. Um, I see you've got some coffees behind you. Can I just ask, as an, as off topic, are those coffees coffee bags uh, of particular significance? They're all traceable. Ah, starting with uh, orangutan coffee. This is a uh, coffee from UCC. I know them. Yeah. And uh, you can there's your uh, there's your OMR code on the back, yeah. OMR connect. So if you scan it, so I'll, I'll put it like that, so people even <laughs> you can scan it with your with your phone. It. Fantastic. And um, and then if you scan it, you land on a web page that gives you the entire journey of that coffee all the way from Indonesia to uh, to in that instance the UK because that was sold in, uh, and and still sold uh, in Waitrose uh, and Ocado. Um, in the UK. So they are of significance. All, all those coffees are traceable coffee. Ah, fantastic. Well, I, I'm, I'm glad I asked. So uh, why don't you give a, a short introduction, Michael, to yourself uh, and to, to Pharma Connect? Tell us a, a oh. little bit about who you are. Um, so Pharma Connect, I think I've, I've said it all. <laughs> yeah, we, we kind of did that. You're right. It's a, it's a product demo, uh, but I can probably say a few words um, uh, on it a little bit more. Myself, um, I'm the CEO of Pharma Connect. I've been with Pharma Connect for nine months. So it feels like baby time, you know, nine months. And then you give birth to, uh, in that instance, a Series A funding. So, uh, you know, I was saying to the team, it looks like, you know, nine months of looking at yourself and then now opening to the world and opening up for growth. So it's exactly the same metaphor I have with my two kids. Um, so uh, I'm really excited to, to have joined Pharma Connect. I've got 20 years background of, of work, mostly 10 years and more in the marketing, media, comms uh, sphere in the US, UK, France, uh, in well-known uh, creative agencies. Uh, where I developed a passion for, for brands in particular and business. And then the other side of it was food. And, um, and uh, I craft foods, also known as Mondelez International, um, and, uh, and Nestle. And, uh, and Nestle was closer to, to coffee even because it was the, the global head of integrated marketing for the Nestle group on uh, their beverage brands, uh, and namely Nescafe, which is the biggest brand of, uh, of, of Nestle. So I really developed that passion for tech, uh, comms, and, and food. And now at Pharma Connect, I'm just doing those two, but on top, I've got a higher purpose of making a difference in smallholder farmers' lives. So because this is, you know, this is a liaison, let's say, to, to what Pharma Connect stands for, because we aim at um, you know, humanizing consumption through technology. Uh, that's what we aim at. Um, and to do that, we provide software, we provide technology uh, to go down that path and to equip the entire supply chain with the technology solution that uh, enables more humanization of, uh, of consumption uh, through various technology, various tools, various products we, 
we would probably talk about it later so, on. So just to be clear, what is the problem? I mean, every business starts for a reason. What was the problem that you were trying to solve when, and I say you, because I know you've been there for nine months, but the, the, the mission of the business, uh, what, what was the problem they were trying to solve? I think there was an observation um, that, you know, if you look back in, 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 in the past 20 years, uh, the consumption of, of coffee, because we started with coffee, we're a spin-off from, from a green coffee merchant called Sukifina, uh, who's, who's a well-known coffee merchant. I know them very well. Yeah. Um, and and uh, there was an observation that the consumption and the demand is exploding and has exploded in the past 20 years. And if you look towards 2050, the projection is multiplied by three in terms of demand. So there's an increasing demand. But in the meantime, um, the, um, um, you know, the, the, the price or the revenue that is given back to smallholder farmers is, if not, if not stable, um, somehow decreasing. So if you, just as a business, if you're picturing yourself in 2050 with three times the demand and then no incentive for supply, because, I mean, if you have kids and, and you're growing coffee, I mean, are, are you going to tell them to continue your business while revenue is, is not growing or decreasing versus the demand exploding? This is a big problem, uh, both in coffee and cocoa. People, young people are leaving the industry, right? Exactly. So that was the, that was the observation. Um, and, uh, and Dave Behrens, our founder, uh, thought that he could, he could contribute to, to solving that with, uh, with creating a, um, a technology solution. Uh, first, as, as human nature for him, and uh, and for Sukafina, but they very quickly realized that if they if they were doing this, if they would do that, only for them, they wouldn't they wouldn't solve the problem. So they decided to create a um, a, a company outside of uh, Sukafina and to grow it, uh, bring partners in, and to expand it with other players and create a real business out of it. Um, which they seeded themselves at the beginning, and then uh, with with growing demand, with my arrival, with additional people on the team, with additional investors and partners, decided to open up uh, even further with independent management, with uh, with uh, with additional uh, you know shareholding and investors. So that's that's that was the problem and and the solution, and which we're trying to contribute to and. and and hopefully solve or at least you know uh, improve. And it was interesting that I I remember actually I think we wrote a story some time back when um, when Pharma Connect uh, launched, and we wrote a story. And then I I have to be honest I didn't think too much else I didn't see too much else about Pharma Connect um, for a while. And when I I went back and looked at what you were doing recently, you've also moved into Cocoa. And in fact, you were at Chocoa. I was at Chocoa as well. I was moderating on a couple of the panels there. And I was like, oh, okay, these guys are, are extending into, into Cocoa. Now, it's not the first coffee company that is, uh, that is doing that because there's a lot of parallels. But perhaps you could tell us a little bit about the, the thinking behind, behind why you wanted to, to extend into the cocoa industry as well. Yes. Um, 
let me start with the media first, if you don't mind. Do you, <laughs> okay. want, do you want the media first? Yes, go for it. Okay. So here you go with the first Easter chocolate that is traceable thanks to blockchain. Oh, that's <laughs> that's impressive. What's I don't know what's more impressive, the fact that you've you've got this chocolate that is the first one uh, traceable with blockchain or the fact that you haven't eaten it yet. Because if that was uh, on my I've desk. Many. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the answer. That's the answer. Yeah, that that, that chocolate is coming from Madagascar. Um, yeah. and it's a partnership we have with a company called uh, Treegather, which is a Swiss startup that does um, uh, uh, partnerships uh, with uh, with uh, with cocoa growers. So basically, you can yourself partner a tree, and you get twelve uh, chocolate bar with the cocoa beans of that tree uh, you've you've sponsored, uh, and you get six bars every six months, all the way from that tree, the farmer you contributed to support. That's uh, really nice. And uh, and that Easter egg is actually the first traceable uh, uh, Easter egg through uh, thanks to blockchain. So yes, we're active in in, uh, in cocoa. This was this was just an, an example, but it it tells a lot about you know what we can do in terms of uh, of changing lives of smaller farmers because that company together is paying in between thirty to forty percent more their farmers than the average industry uh, rate. Because of the fact that you know it's 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 traceable, it's transparent. You know where it's coming from. It's very good value also, and very very good quality because it's fresh uh, cocoa, only three to four weeks uh, old. You know versus what you have in retail, which is you know towards mm -hmm. three months. So um, yeah, very excited to be on cocoa. I think you know it's it's one of the reasons we we went to cocoa is um, first of all it's food. Uh, second, it's smallholder farmers, um, and uh, there's a lot of processing similarities. Even though there's a big part which is quite different. I mean, you call it blending in coffee, and then you go to 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 a to a superior degree, I would say, with mass balance in uh, in cocoa. So that adds uh, a bit of complexity. But the issues uh, are the same. The potential benefits and gains uh, are the same. Uh, you just need to, you know, to change a few things in terms of processing, in terms of the data standard, data structure, about the value chain and the key players. But it's there's a lot of similarities, um, and and we see people approaching us also on other uh, commodities with similarities, be it spices, be it tea, be it fragrance. Um, so you can see there are a sort of a long tail of things that uh, PharmaConnect could uh, could go and develop uh, towards, but. It, but to me, and I, I'm, I'm coming from a, from a, from a farmer peasant uh, family, so I like to do things correctly. So I don't want to go too fast, too fast, and uh, and, uh, and and you know burn burn the steps. Um, so it's already a lot to be done on coffee, a lot to be done on on, on cocoa. But it's true that there's there's, there's a lot of potential. And well, I mean, those industries alone are are massive, and the problems they face are huge. Do you think that the ESG laws coming in, in particular Europe, even the UK, are are now starting to be more. Um, uh, I, I, from an enforcement point of view, we obviously don't know yet, but they're starting to get a lot more um, 
uh, prescriptive with their uh, requirements over being able to evidence your supply chain and traceability? Do you think that that's driving some of the, the demand for your services? Of course. Um, I think it's, um, it's more than a project and the will. It's, you know, it's borderline low now. So we have to make that happen. Um, and, and the people within those industries have to change a few things and they need support. So obviously this is driving a lot of interest for what we do. Um, we had a very concrete example, you know, I'm calling from Switzerland. So Pharma Connect is based out of Switzerland. You know, in Switzerland, we have what we call the public votation. So I don't know if you're familiar with the concept, but uh, every single Sunday, people go vote for something as important as a roundabout or the uh, kind of public health five years plan. Wow, right? that's like the old ancient form of Greek democracy. Exactly. So everyone gets together. But, uh, but just to say, a couple of months ago, they were a votation on the responsibility of multinationals. And uh, for leaving out the details, but in Switzerland, you need to have majority, but you also need to have majority within all the cantons for something to pass on. So they had the majority of the, of the people voting, so the majority of the, of the people, of the inhabitants, but it didn't get all the cantons. So technically, in, in the public space, People want, they want, and they voted for companies to improve, right? With it, without low, without anything, they just want it, and and that's that's a big change. Um, and if you compare some of the data from uh, from a couple of years back, and I think COVID has been a huge acceleration of that, because you know we suffered, but we also had time to reflect. Uh, reflect on ourselves, reflect on our, um, um, you know, relationship and reflect on our consumption uh, also. And, and, and we're making now sort of educated guests, uh, educated choices. Uh, we're being a little bit more selective uh, about, about the choice and, 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 and the things that we buy. And we've seen an acceleration uh, towards that. And you see it in the stat that now, you know, people, two-thirds of the consumers would, would actually pay a premium for something that respects their values, that have a positive impact. I'm talking two-thirds. And out of that, you know, there's always people that are driving by price, and that used to be a majority of the consumers, and now it's really 50-50. So 50 people are driven, it's actually 40% are driven by price, price promotion, you know. And, and, yet, and another 40% now, which is sizable, is driven by what the company does, its impact, its responsibility, um, and, and, and all those aspects of, of social impacts. So that's becoming you know, something very, um, very massive. And uh, as brands and businesses, most of the time I've been there myself, are not um, too much of pioneering they're listening to the consumers, and once they have a proof that the consumer wants something, then they act. Right. Um, now they have the push, exactly as you said, of the regulators plus the consumers. So it gives you know a lot of reasons uh, to to move forward. Plus, on top, technology is is uh, is bringing some some additional benefits uh, to them. I mean, let's talk about that technology for a second because that that's at the heart 
of of what you do. Now, there's three parts, as I understand it, to to the 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 system, and the the first part is the the uh, farmer ID. Then you've got the middleware, which is the blockchain bit. And then you've got the farmer connect, which is a bit that we see at the other end. So we're gonna, I'm gonna leave off the blockchain bit in the middle because that that's probably a technical discussion which which people may or may not be interested in. But I would like to talk about the, the sort of the sandwich, as it were, the, the the top and the bottom part of the sandwich. So the farmer ID, maybe that's something you could you could give a little bit of an introduction as to what that is and, and the use case and the demographic who uses it. For sure. Um so the talk of the town these days is really the first mile. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of things that people want to track, report on, get the real data on, fix. Because uh, there's a couple, you know, there's there's sizable and, and 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 meaningful issues on the on the first mile. So that area is is something where we need to focus. So we've decided to create a, a product that is dedicated to that area, uh, to the first mile and and to the the farmers, the community of farmers, the, the community of farms, and it's called Farmer ID. It's uh, it's a wallet. Uh, basically, it's a digital wallet. Um, like you and I, we buy a wallet. It's empty. Then we stick uh, our loyalty cards or our, our credit cards, uh, some bills, some coins, photo of our kids, a shopping list. I mean, you name it, stamps, whatever. So it's exactly the same idea. Um, is is to have an app. Um, and when I say an app, it can take different forms, and I'll, I'll elaborate on that. And then feed it with information, uh, yourself as, as a farmer. You feed it with different data points. So that could be who you are, first name, last name, where you live, how long you've been doing this, whether you're in the family, how many pictures do you have, what sort of volumes do you have, uh, what sort of agricultural practices you're having, all sorts of data points. You feed that in. Then you uh, select uh, whether or not you want to, this to be shared and with whom. You remain the owner of the data. That's very important. So the farmer remains the owner of the data and the one that decides where that information is going to go. And then once that information is uh, entered, you can add transactional information. So you know, the coffee you've paid, to whom, and when, at what price, and what volume, and what quality, with what certification. That information will need to be validated. So there's no single point of truth. Uh, some The buyer will validate the information you enter, or the buyer will enter the information, and you as a farmer will validate the information entered by the buyer. That's what Farmer ID does. Um, obviously, there are... Uh, many scenarios which we worked on because sometimes you don't have a smartphone, you have a flip phone, or you don't even have a phone. Sometimes you have connectivity, sometimes you don't have connectivity, you have low connectivity, uh, and sometimes you don't even have literacy, right? So all those aspects, all those scenarios has been, are being worked out and continue uh, being worked out through the different projects we have across the world, uh, depending on the, on the maturity of the people, of the market, of the community. People can do that by themselves. They can do that in groups, associations, association of farmers. We also have a guardianship uh, uh, format where someone can take care of that for the farmers, or do it offline, and then when they move into an area of community, data gets uploaded, 
Um, and, and that's why you have different ways and different uh, shapes and, and form of, of making that happen. That's really farmer ID. And so with, with that data, I understand as well the farmer can, can, the benefit to them of having that data is that they can then use that to obtain financing, basically to evidence uh, their transactions, what, what, they've, what they've done so that they can get access to, to finance. Could you tell, tell us a little bit about that side of it? It's one of the benefits, uh, for sure. So there are very tangible benefits. Uh, so finance is one, credit, you know, all the financial services uh, that are linked to that. If you lower the interest rate, uh, that's going to be really good for the farmers. We're talking about microfinance there, so it really makes a difference to them. You know, $50 for someone is um, uh, something that can help uh, ensure an entire crop. So, you know, we're talking about something that is really meaningful to them. There are other benefits to that. Once you enter connectivity, digitalization community, you can start sharing. You can start receiving information, sending information. So there's a lot of knowledge uh, sharing around that. Um, and there's also, I would say, the human aspect of things. So if I'm, again, talking about chocolate, so that example, which I showed you, I'll show you now a, a tablet of uh, chocolate mm -hmm. from, from Trigger. Um, this one is um, is, com is coming from Côte d'Ivoire, uh, which I think the real example is coming from Trigether from Madagascar was actually Fabien, the founder of Trigether, came to see the farmer and with a piece of chocolate, he had never tasted chocolate in his life, right? Been doing cocoa beans for 20 years, never tasted chocolate in his life. This is, I don't want to interrupt you, but this is, people don't realize that. They don't? They don't realize that last Christmas, and this is my own little punt. I'm do one. I get to do one little one little uh, thing for my own business. But last Christmas, we uh, we donated uh, 200 bars of chocolate in Liberia, uh, which were made in Liberia from uh, a, a chocolate company, a specialist chocolate company, and we worked with Solidaridad and the charity Vademco, and they distributed this chocolate to the cocoa farmers. None of which. They've worked their whole lives, none of which ever knew what it was they were farming the cocoa for. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was a very satisfying thing to, to, to do. Yeah, no. And, and, and to that, to, in the same ID, making now through technology, making that connection in either in that direction, which is from the farmer to the consumer, or from the consumer to the farmer, I found it fascinating because <clears throat> people <clears throat> that, that creates the produce get to see where their produce is going and what sort of impact it has on people's life and did they like them and what they do with it. And, and, and that's one thing. On the reverse, they can also get them, get the consumer and get the people like you and I to kind of feedback on what they've done or to even, this is what we do with the other product, which I'm going to talk about now, the Thank My Farmer app, is send back, uh, you know, even a like or a little heart to them and or beyond a message or even beyond tipping them uh, yeah. for 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 you know for supporting some of this sustainability uh, project uh, at the origin so I, I must confess michael i have not used farm uh, farmer connect and and so i haven't used thank my farmer um but something i can say is that uh in Africa in particular, but 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 also in South America as well. But in, in Africa, I've noticed 
if you like, if you send someone a message and say, I liked something, the guys get excited. <laughs> they yeah. re they notice. It's kind of not like we get a bit desensitized to it, I think, over in the West. Over there, I guarantee you, every time I send out my newsletter each week, I get back a lot of thank yous from people in Africa. Thank you so much, Nick, for your newsletter. I'm not saying I don't ever get anything from the West, but but generally speaking, you know, in the African communities, they really engage with social media. They love the fact that there's a connection to the rest of the world, and that people um, and, and that people are 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 in engaging with them in some ways. So, yeah, I think it'll be very it'll be very positive, right? I think historically, yeah, they've been left out of the process. If we're totally honest, you know. Really. You know, I mean, we, we take the produce and then we are not transforming the produce in, in, in the country. This is moving and then you don't know what's happening. And a lot of things are happening. So I think to to kind of, you know, shorten the distance, uh, this is what we can do. It doesn't mean that we're going to remove the middlemen and the players because everyone within the industry needs to need to sustain the, their business. But if we can lower the distance through communication, thanks to technology, I think we'll, you know, we'll, we'll send additional incentives, which are not the only one, because we're talking about people that you know, are living with a few dollars uh, per, per month. Um, <clears throat> we, we can contribute to that humanization, to that improvement of, um, of life. So, <clears throat> so yeah, so uh, that, that's from ID. So in between, You've talked about it. There's there's a there's a platform uh, which is called Connect Hub, which is built on the, on the layer of technology from IBM. Um, two words on that uh, without without going into the details. But why did we do that? Um, because you know, for us, it's a huge investment. You know, a startup. Uh, I'm not going to tell you the share of uh, of cost that this is taking, but this is sizable. Uh, we did this for, for a very important reason. And we wanted to, to, and we want to have an impact, right? So yeah. we want scale. We want people to be able to move away from pilots and proof of concept into, into having an impact on, 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 on volume and to re-embark volume on the platform. So that's why we did that partnership in being able to scale, in being able to work with big players within the industry to have a real impact. So that was the decision that, that was made. Really, the effort and the IP of PharmaConnect is on top of that technology layer for the service, for the interface, for the UI, for the UX. I'm a marketing and comms person. I've built tools in my life that never get used. I've done this so many times. And, and I know it's not difficult to build a tool. What's difficult is for people to use it to come back to it, to advocate about it, to give you insights about how to improve it. This is the real difficulty, use right. it. Everyone can build an app on the App Store, getting people to download it, to use it, not only once, but come back to it regularly. This is the real difficulty. So we really wanted to invest on the solution layer so that we provide solutions to problems so that people really use the platform and with the volume growing, then we make an impact. So that's that's for the middle part. But I know you didn't want to spend too much time. No, that was perfect. That was perfect. I just want to get bogged down in the latest blockchain technology because I, I know it'll be my fault. I'll go off on one. So And I'm not a good person to talk about that anyway. <laughs> so I'll probably have Fabian and, and my CTO to elaborate on that. And the, and the last product then is what um, 
is useful than on, on this pack when when you see the the QR code. Is you take your phone, you know, you <clears throat> as usual as we've been doing in the last year of like falling in love with QR codes on on everything, whether it's COVID, the menu, a bars, or when restaurants were open, and uh, and then you you flash it and then you see the exact you know same product on the web page. So cool. Uh, and then as a consumer, you flip through it and then you see a map. And on that map, you can see all the different uh, steps of that very product with the details, you know, where it was collected, where uh, the warehouse, the import, the export. Um, and, and then you can even uh, participate. And I'm sorry, this is in French, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a proud French uh, snobbish Parisian. Uh, so I have my iPhone in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then you can support some local projects so on this one you see back in indonesia you can thank uh, the farmer you can support the sumatra and orangutan conservative program uh thanks to the guys that have donated uh, money already um and uh, and and there's also a capacity building uh, um, a program that you can support directly uh, from your phone, donating, you know, a couple of uh, dollars, euro, uh, pounds, whatever, um, to uh, to the sustainability uh, program. So that's what Think, Fa- Think My Farmer uh, does. It's not an app. It's a web app. You don't have to download. You don't have to, to register. You don't have to share your entire history of data like uh, the GAFAs would, uh, would do. Got it. Can I just ask, when you donate, when you make a donation, how much of that goes to the, if I'm donating to the farmer, how much of it goes to the farmer? Uh, so we're only taking uh, the, 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 the fee that the financial transfer costs. Right, the transactions fee. So you're basically 100% of what lands in the bank at the destination goes to the farmer. Exactly. And okay. uh, we're tracing this. We're also using blockchain to trace this and to report back to the consumer that the, the money has been uh, donated and given at, at, at the time and, and to the person. Because so I know this was one of the problems always with, and I know years and years and years ago, my wife and I did, did um, some charity work and uh, for, for an orphan, an orphanage in, uh, in, in Bucharest. And we chose that because we could go there. The biggest problem that we had was, and we looked at uh, orphan orphans in, uh, in China and other places, the, the problem was, that you could never be sure the money was going to get there. Mm-hmm. And if you pass it through various organizations, there was always quite actually quite a heavy administration fee. Yeah. And then oftentimes it would go to some middleman. It would actually never get to, to, to where you wanted to send it. Um, and, and frankly, it was, you know, it was, it was a very disappointing and frustrating exercise, disillusioning exercise to go through, to realize that you want to help uh, somebody on the other side of the world, but sending money isn't good enough. And so the ability to actually validate that if I'm sending money to a coffee farmer in Sumatra, that that coffee farmer says, I got it. And there's no middleman that can take his fee out you know, and along the middle, that's actually quite powerful, I think. Yeah, and I think, you know, the, the only thing working with, uh, the other thing that is, is beneficial, I think, with working with brands is that we have a lot of brands that are supporting and, and manuf- manufacturing those products that are saying, well, you know, we have a target uh, for that project. If we're not reaching that target, we'll, we'll complement. Or, or we'll donate the equivalent Im- amount of money 
that the consumers have, have given will will just match that. Will match it. That's nice. Match funding. Exactly. So so I think there's a, there's something beneficial in that also embarking the brands on on that project because it's beneficial to them. They get to see you know in all transparency they don't get the consumer data, but they get to see what's what's resonating with consumers. And I think this is not this is not a bad idea. Uh, to share with brands what resonates with uh, with consumers, what sorts of projects resonate more with them. Um, you know, yesterday I was I was talking with Fabien again, the the founder of Together, and he told me that you know they have we're supporting them on four origins, and they have four farmers, two women, two men. The women currently are getting seventy percent of the donation. I'm, I'm I'm no one to to say whether this is good or bad or whatever. So that's an insight, you know, mm. the insight that uh, women-led farming organizations are getting more support from the consumers as we speak for the reasons of whatever. Uh, but that, that's an insight. Uh, where is this coming from? Is there an origin that is more supported than others? Type of projects, um, levels of, of support. Um, that's, that's all valuable insight. And I think that helps the brand's uh, CSR strategy, um, and that helps everyone who's trying to drive the agenda within o- these organizations to say, this is not only a corporate thing, mm-hmm. this is also supporting our business. Because if someone buys a product, flash a QR code, spend an average, which is the case for us, about two to two and a half minutes on the page, mm-hmm. Is like 10 times the average time spent on a web page yep. from a brand. More than 10 times. Um, that, that means a lot. You know, that means that those activities and that strategic direction is also building some short-term, medium-term, long-term gains for those businesses, building their businesses, building their brands. Um, so if we can demonstrate that, I think everyone within sustainability will get further support in, in, in bringing that up on the agenda, not only to just answer the regulators' laws, but to go a step further and, and you know, to be leaders and, and to advance the agenda a little bit more than what's imposed uh, by, by the, the regulators. So it's, uh, it's an incentive. I, I'm, 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 I'm a big advocate of the fact that, you know, um, where we want to have impact, but we, we're, we're business for profit um, that, that will have an impact. Uh, and, and everyone within the industry needs to find an incentive at every single point uh, to move the agenda. If you're only focusing on a certain part of the, the supply chain, you, you will not uh, uh, succeed in, 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 in a transformation. You will, you will make changes here and there, but you will not embark everyone uh, towards something more impactful, meaningful, transformational. I, I actually do agree with you. Um, people get, I think people make a mistake uh, a lot of the time by thinking that companies should do the right thing. That's a naive position in, in, in my opinion, um, because if you're only if your only reason is to say, well, we want to be driven to do the right thing, it leaves out so many, so many people uh, in the, from the, in the equation, and you actually just won't get anywhere. However, a more, a more productive and an effective strategy is to say, let's align the right thing with your own interests. 
So if uh, a company will do something that's in its own interest, so as we see, and as you mentioned earlier, um, uh, now that there's such a, a large public um, awareness and, uh, and, and clear voice for, for ESG to be part of a company's DNA, that means that there's a brand reputation at stake. That means it's in the company's uh, interests to do the right thing. So all of these things need to need to, to need to definitely come together. What I'm interested in is it, it sounds as though you're generating quite a lot of probably quite unique data. Is that data that you that and what are you going to do with that data? Are you going to share it with partners? Are you going to make any any public reports available at some stage? What what's your what are your plans? So I mean, PharmaConnect um, as a business don't have access to the data. I mean, the data is is the is is uh, the the ownership is in the ownership of, of the people that are um, um, providing the data. So, like I said, for the farmer, like I said, for every single partner, uh, this is one of the key reasons we're using blockchain. It's it, it's allowing a permissioned access of uh, of upload, usage, sharing, retrieval of of the data. So we we are not um, accessing the data directly. Nevertheless, we are uh, very much involved in the early stage of making sure the data is workable. Um, and I think you, we probably can discuss about that because uh, structuring the data, standardizing the data, making sure the data is at quality uh, is very, very important. Um, and also picking the right and useful data points. Yeah. I've been to companies where we're talking about data lakes, data oceans, data, whatever. I mean, I think, you know, too much information is like analysis paralysis, you know, there's, there's too much. That's why within PharmaConnect, we have a lot of people that are actually coming from and within the industry that knows the business and can advise our clients on the right and useful data points we need to track. We don't need to track the entire stuff. There are other systems for that. There are bespoke, in-house, very deep ERP system, which we connect to and take the three, four data points that are useful for what we need to do as a collective um, to, make, to make a difference and to, and to have action uh, out of the data we collect. So that um, uh, look into how do we structure uh, how do we govern the data? Who's got access? What are the key data points? It's really, really, really important and, and, and the key. Then what is it that we do with the data? Well, we don't access the data. We leave uh, our clients to, um, uh, to, to action uh, on, on, on the data. Uh, the only part where we do have access to anonymized data is on Thank My Farmer with uh, consumer behaviors. Um, and we leverage, you know, different different means, including uh, Google Analytics. It's all GDPR compliance, and we issue reports uh, related to insights and trends and behaviors of consumers on the on the web platform. For the rest, it's our clients leveraging the data they have access to. I think that's. Um, I mean, you, you don't know this about me, but I'm a I'm also a privacy nut. I, I am a very strong privacy advocate, and um, so the the principle of minimization minimization in, in GDPR is uh, is the first step in 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 making sure that you're respecting people's privacy, which is fantastic. 
Um, but there will be a lot of data, which you just mentioned, for example, the anonymous data of behavior. You know, you don't have to know that it's Nick that did this. You just have to know that, oh, it's interesting. A lot of people are uh, are interested in this subject area. This is somewhere we should spend more attention. And that'll be, that'll be very useful. Even what the take-up is and how many people are scanning the QR codes. And uh, you mentioned the amount of time spent on the page, which is a good indication of, um, of engagement. Yeah. Uh, all that stuff is, is very useful and goes some way to helping convince people on the board that they should, uh, they should pay attention um, because this is important to, to consumers. And this is the, the zeitgeist of, uh, of consumer buying patterns right now. Yeah. So and again, if, if you want to go a step further, if you don't know, take my farmer towards down the page, sometimes there are brands that are willing to add a button that says discover more of that product or order more. Then they click on that, they get redirected to the brand ecosystem. They can then get into that, buy stuff online or register into a CRM program, a newsletter, some sort of um, you know, brand-owned programs, then it's fine. They're getting qualified leads and, and they're managing that part. We are not gathering consumer data. Uh, yeah, and that's very good. I feel like we're really nerding out here on some great and interesting topics. I've got, and I've also taken up almost an hour of your time. So I'm I've got two more questions I want to try and fire out and get in, get in there before we, we wrap it up. Um the first, the first, I guess, is is as a business. Uh, you've mentioned uh, earlier on some of the. You, you've hinted towards some of the, the difficulties of starting up. It's expensive. Um, uh, tell us a little bit about the challenges that maybe you had as a business where you are right now, and what challenges you think um, you think are are still need to be overcome. I think. Um... I think we've been incredibly lucky, and I shouldn't say that like that, but I'm just going to say it as it is with COVID. So, I mean, if you look at the world, this is a complete disaster, but for us at the business, we, it, it, it has allowed us to focus because um, there were less distraction, there were less traveling, it's unfair, and conferences and, and people interviewing you. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm rude, um, but uh, but it was less distraction. So we had an occasion to focus on the product, um, and and really to you know to develop a, a robust uh, set of products. Now we have three very solid products. So there was a risk of like when you're a startup and trying to go too fast into growth, commercialization, selling the dream. You know, like when you're a startup, you you're what you have is a PowerPoint, right? Like Kawasaki, selling the dream. PowerPoint, 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 and then someone buys in, but then you need to deliver, then you have so you know not so happy clients. We were so lucky to advance products. Products are now minimum viable product. They're running with clients, with businesses, in different geos, in different origin country, in different consumer country, in different industries. So we were so lucky to accelerate that and to really deliver soluble products. And I think that was a risk. Then the other uh, challenge for us is that we were born um, on, on, um, on, on two foundations. Two, I, I, I don't know if it's going to be dreams at the end when we replay the story, but the number one was to say we want to be end to end. 
So imagine those guys, you know, all the way from consumers to farmers on, a, on an industry that is $400 billion end-to-end. Uh, -end. Like, you know, three people end-to-end -end for, I mean, that's like... But anyway, we felt we had to do this in order to be successful. That's tough. The second one, even more difficult, we felt like we have to be collaborative. We have to be open and inclusive. We need to get everyone working together. So today I'm going to go to, you know, JDE and Nestle and say, why don't you work together? And they're going to look at me like, sure, thank you very much. Well, today we've demonstrated that this is possible. You know, we've got Sukefina, Itochu, two traders working together. I can give you other examples of rosters working together, corporates working together. I mean, just because we know our business, we create the right firewalls, and we have a, this ambition of by being collaborative, we can be transformational. But this is a real challenge. You know, every day, you're not like an IT company developing a software for one company, sort of a one-to-one. -one. Every day, you have in front of you for one project, two, three, four, five, six, ten different partners along the value chain that you need to align and just make sure everyone's happy with the way the projects are working. But once you realize this, you you win, you make a difference. And uh, and 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 then I'll stop, but I give you a concrete example, which is we've entered partnership with uh, Cochupe, which is the largest coffee cooperative in the, in the world in Brazil, uh, 16 million bags of coffee um, a year. That's that's a sizable amount of, of produce. Uh, Sukafina is buying traceable coffee from Cochupe that comes from you know farmers who are using and, and the cooperative and Sukafina using our products. This is sold to Sukafina with a premium. Uh, Sukafina is giving back 50% of their premium to the farmer, 50% of the other 50% of their premium to local sustainability projects. So all of a sudden, you get different people working together. You charge a premium. That premium gets redistributed at the origin. For the moment, this is, um, well, I shouldn't say for the moment. It's, it's a concrete example of making a difference for, for real uh, at the origin. Also for the cooperative, because they get benefits uh, through, through the project that they support. Also for the trader, because it's traceable coffee. So, you know, that has value for them towards their clients. So everyone wins. Um, and, and that's where, what we're trying to do. But it's a daily challenge uh, to make that happen. But we, we feel we, it's, the, it's the only way. Fantastic. I have one more question. I've got two minutes. So... Um, it's really about your future and what your plans are. But specifically, you, you mentioned you've got this, I think it was $9 million uh, um, funding round, uh, Series A. Is there going to be a Series B? Is there going to be an exit? Uh, is this a VC? I think you mentioned it was a trader investor. It's a strategic investment. Tell us a little bit about the, the because the, the finance basically will steer the direction of of the company the source of finance and the and the the um expectations that go along with that so tell us a little bit about three years down the road where you see the business are you planning a trade sale is it going to be floated on the stock market tell us a little bit about where you see yourself in, in three to five years so first point um pharmaconic was born out of industry needs so both seeded by, by the industry and with people and knowledge of the industry. 
this continues. So in Series A, it's only players from the industry, no VC, no banks. Okay, so people have investing in PharmaConnect and are the prime users and paying clients of PharmaConnect. Uh, that gives a lot, uh, that tells a lot about the willingness from those players from the industry to evolve and, and to gather benefits out of, uh, out of that. And that's, and that's only, uh, that's not only Europe and Switzerland, that's now Americas and Asia uh, with investors in Europe, in Americas, in Asia, across, uh, across the industry. That story continues. I don't think it will be driven by finance. I think it will be driven by impact. Uh, and it will be, of course, some financial impact, but also some real social impact. Uh, and I think will be measured by, by two. Whether there will be a Series B, I hope, uh, not because we're running out of cash, but because we're confirmed into being the solution and that we need additional means to further accelerate and go even faster. Because, and that would be my final note, it's, it's a race, you know, it's like, it's like operating systems. You know, you need to have a fair share of, of the market. Um, and I'm fully transparent about that. We're a technology, we're a software company. We need to get as many players as we can onto, onto the platform to demonstrate the greater benefits, not only for yourself, but as being together. And, and this is this, this really what, what we stand for, you know, uh, empowering change together. This is our baseline. By the way. Well, that's a great place to end it, Michael. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. It was great talking to you and uh, I'll send you some chocolate. Ah, oh, dude.